0: Dr. Luis Sandoval is accomplished in the fields of mental health and spiritual warfare. A medical doctor, board certified in neurology, psychiatry and family medicine, he is also a psychiatrist for the Roman Catholic Diocese of Orange, Ministry of Healing and Deliverance. Now Dr. Luis Sandoval. All right, well welcome to Virgin Most Powerful Radio. You are listening to the Dr. Luis Sandoval Show. As always, I am your host, Dr. Louis Sandoval. Why don't we get our show started today with the Regina Chelly. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Queen of heaven, rejoice, alleluia, for he whom you did merit to bear, alleluia, has risen as he said, alleluia. Pray for us to God, alleluia. Rejoice and be glad, O Virgin Mary, alleluia, for the Lord has truly risen, alleluia. Let us pray. O God, who gave joy to the world through the resurrection of thy Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, grant we beseech thee that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary, his mother, we may obtain the joys of everlasting life through the same Christ, our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, folks, it's an interesting article, um, really, when it, as far as relating to mental health, that that would be interesting to share, interesting to think about. The title of the article is Five questions for Catholics dealing with mental health issues. I thought it was pretty cool uh, because it's asking some some interesting questions. It was written by um, a gentleman named Austin Clemen. Now, at first, I thought he might have been a priest or something. He is a Jesuit. It's, it comes from the Jesuit post, but he is known as a um, Jesuit scholar. So he's not a priest. He's, uh, he's kind of like, I guess, a Jesuit brother uh, would be. But it's an interesting article because this is a, uh, some of the questions that come up here are a lot of questions I get from people when it comes to mental health. Listen to these quotes and tell me if this is, uh, sounds familiar to anybody. Uh, I just need to trust in God more, and then I won't be so anxious. That's pretty fair. This is just my cross, and Jesus calls us to pick up our crosses and follow him. God never gives us what we can't handle, you know, it's funny because sometimes that might be true. Sometimes some of these, these quotes might be true. Um, but when it comes to the field of mental health, I think sometimes we get a little bit scared. We don't know exactly uh, how to approach it, if we need to approach it, what it means sometimes. There's so much stigma around it. Gosh, if I go talk to a counselor, a psychiatrist, a psychologist, or even bring up something like depression or anxiety to my primary care doctor, what does that mean for me? right? All of a sudden we've got a problem. we got issues. Who am I? Am I, am, is, is there something wrong with me? Uh, I don't want anybody to know. If people found out that I went to go seek mental health, well, they're going to stop talking to me. They're going to probably think it's contagious or something. And that can be kind of scary for people, but I thought these were really good, poignant questions that he was asking. So let me read the fir- the five questions that he asked in this article, uh, and then we'll go through it and see what the article has to say about it and see really how it compares to our faith. Uh, Somebody told me that it was a pretty good article to read, so I wanted to check it out, but I wanted to just read it with our audience. Um, Haven't even reviewed it yet, but I think it's interesting to review it together. Uh, The first question is, am I letting God down by having anxiety? That's a great one, right? So just like we said, I just need to trust in God more and I won't be so anxious. Happens all the time what that really means is wow i'm I'm anxious or i'm depressed or i'm i you know suffer from schizophrenia or i have bipolar if anybody's experienced that and all of a sudden it's saying i'm letting god down it means i don't have faith in god hmm? let's see we'll see what the article says the second question is what's the difference between a spiritual director and a mental health counselor i think that's a great question um because it can blur the line right? It, it can blur the line sometimes, but it's important to, to distinguish that because they play very different roles, although very similar approach as far as our thought process or things of that nature. Let's listen to this question. But what if I start relying on the medication more than I rely on my faith and God? That's a good question. What am I relying on? Is it okay to take medication at that point? We'll look at that. What if my therapist told me to do something that contradicts my religion and faith life? This one comes up all the time. This is, I think where people say, I want to have a good Catholic psychiatrist, a good Catholic therapist or something. All right. And then the last question in this article is how can I find a counselor who will work with me and my faith identity? So those two last, those last two questions, you know, very similar. Uh, in some ways they overlap a little bit, but those are important questions to ask too. You know, if we're already going to head down this path of mental health, um, why are these important questions to ask? Well, because we start opening up our minds, opening up our our hearts and our confidence in people. And we're really sometimes putting too much confidence in in the therapist or the psychiatrist. uh, When in reality, we got to remember, therapists and psychiatrists, they're just there to give you their professional opinion. You know they're not always there to be your spiritual guide but if you find somebody who is catholic who has a catholic background then you can also start talking about the faith a little bit and i think i think sometimes when we do that when we're going to a and i say i want to find a catholic psychiatrist a catholic counselor sometimes what we're really saying is i i wish i could talk to a priest you know it depends on I've, I've had that happen a lot where um, I've had some patients who were were coming to me for help or what what they thought was help. I told them, gosh, you don't really need to keep coming to me. You're doing okay. You know, we come and we talk and we talk about life questions, but, uh, you know, your anxiety's resolved or you're no longer on medication. You don't need to keep seeing me because I'm a doctor. But they say, no, but, you know, when it, we come, we can talk about, I ask you my questions about the faith, my doubts, and you answer them. And at that point, then I had to ask myself, like, in that question, am I a spiritual counselor? What's going on here? What's the relationship like? Because if you came to me as your doctor, I got to stay as your doctor. And if that's no longer needed, if that service is no longer needed, then that's where sometimes doctors will say, well, you don't need to see me anymore. So this is uh, important to to look at, important to ask because the dynamic of why do I go to see a mental health professional and do they need to be Catholic? Uh, that's an important important question to ask. So let's see, am I letting God down by having anxiety? Let's just even start with that. If I have a mental health issue, does that mean I don't have faith in God? Well, let's see what the article says. It says, I know many people struggling with anxiety who have quoted Matthew 6, 34. Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. As though they are letting God down by being so anxious. But that is not true. Having a mental illness is nothing to be ashamed of. In fact, 46% of Americans will meet the criteria to be diagnosed with mental illness during their lifetime. That should not cause us to despair, for Christ himself said... Those who are healthy do not need a physician, but the sick do. And that comes from Luke chapter 5, verse 31. Now, where he got the number of 46% of Americans will meet the criteria to be diagnosed with mental illness, I'm not sure. He doesn't uh, give me a reference for that. Uh, that would be interesting to, to get a citation, but it's important to consider. Would I say that that's pretty accurate? Probably. You know, because look at what it says. It doesn't say that 46% of Americans have mental illness. It says 46% of Americans will meet the criteria to be diagnosed with mental illness at one point in their life, which is possible. Anybody can meet criteria. It It could just be that you're having a bad day, but you might be experiencing some frustrations, anxieties, depression, something along those lines. But it's important. He said something here. It's nothing to be ashamed of. That's something to remember, because I think a lot of times, that's where the word stigma comes in. A lot of times, we see mental health as something shameful, but the reality is, we all go through it. It says, we are people of the resurrection. We know that God is calling us to something greater, but that does not mean we have to be perfect now. That's a really good point to make. You know, a lot of times, I think, and not even just with mental health, but I think a lot of times as Catholics, Sometimes we think I can't show up to church or I can't show up to confession or I can't go receive the Eucharist or I can't do uh, um, you know anything until I'm perfect. I can't go to, in fact, yeah, sometimes I can't go to confession until I've resolved issues. And that might be true. Obviously going to confession, we have to be remorseful for our sins. We have to have made a, a decision to change our life, our lifestyle. Um, but sometimes we, we feel that we have to be perfect now and we can't present ourselves to God until we're perfect. But the reality is, I think that we need to present ourselves to God when we're not perfect. That's probably at our lowest, when we're most imperfect. You know, if we take a lesson from the prodigal son, we look at the fact that he came back to his father, not because he had success in, in life, but because he realized that without being in his father's house, he was just falling apart. Nothing was working for him. It wasn't, it wasn't right. He squandered all the gifts his father gave him. He squandered his inheritance And then that's when he realized, I got to run back to my father because he's the one who's going to make it right. So that's something to consider. So the article goes on to say, over the centuries, mental illness has come with stigma and shame, just like we were talking about, frequently misunderstood as spiritual possession or merely some physical imbalance. While possession and physical illness are very real. So that's interesting. You know, I I like that he says that both possession and physical illness are very real. Mental illness is something quite different, right? with discoveries in psychology and a greater understanding of how our minds work we know that sometimes we just feel off and this is true you know sometimes i just feel off i need to talk to somebody but does that mean i need to talk to a friend or i need to talk to a professional and what does it mean to feel off we can talk about that in a second let's see what the article goes on to say some days we wake up and just feel tired and sad sometimes we find ourselves simply overwhelmed by life's responsibilities And occasionally, we can let go of what has been bothering us, no matter how hard we try. We can't let go. Sorry, it says that sometimes we cannot let go of it, no matter how hard we try. If we're feeling bothered by something, we're feeling off. And sometimes I think, gosh, I'm going to start to feel better. But it just kind of sticks around, right? Mental illness comes in many different forms. But in the end, God continues to love us and be with us no matter the circumstances don't let a mental illness become a barrier in your relationship with god i agree 100 percent you know let's go back and look at something here i think the key to this is or the key to this particular question am i letting god down by having anxiety we can ask am i letting god down by having any kind of mental illness diagnosis um matthew chapter 6 verse 34 do not worry about tomorrow tomorrow will take care of itself god says do not be anxious but I think we need to distinguish a few things, right? This is where we say, oh my gosh, I'm being anxious so I don't have faith in God, or "This sh- I should have been better by now, or there's something wrong with me. We need to really make these distinctions when it comes to any kind of mental illness diagnosis. We need to ask ourselves a few things. One, what am I feeling? Two, how long have I been feeling this for? And three, is it getting any better? We need to ask those questions, but more importantly, we need to answer those questions because it's gonna make a big difference in terms of what approach do I take now to start feeling better? More after the break. All right, folks, well, welcome back to Virgin Most Powerful Radio. You are listening to the Dr. Louis Sandoval Show. And today we're talking about mental health. We're talking about what does this have to do with my Catholic faith? What does this have to do with my belief? And in reality, more than anything else, what does this have to do with uh, my relationship with God? Right? So there's all the stigma. There's all the usual questions about, am I uh, okay? But more importantly, we've got to ask ourselves, am I okay with God? Before the break, we were talking about when we're asking the question, if I'm not feeling well, if something's not going well in my life, what does that mean? Does that mean that I have mental illness? I'm waking up, I'm not feeling pretty good. The real question we got to ask ourselves is, how long have we not been feeling good for? If it's been a couple of days, that's pretty normal. You know, you start to feel depressed, a little anxious, a little bit worried about the life. But if we get to the point where all of a sudden it's been a couple of weeks and we can't think clearly, or it's been, um, you know, a month, two months now, and we're not feeling like ourselves. We're not even getting to work. It's time to consider, gosh, is something going on? Is something off in my life that I might need help with. And guess what? That's okay. That brings us to the next question of this article. What's the difference between a spiritual director and a mental health counselor? Because if I do get to the point where I feel like I need help, Well, who do I turn to? Do I turn to a psychiatrist? Do I turn to my primary care doctor? Do I turn to just a friend? Depends on what we're going through. Let's see what the article says. What's the difference between a spiritual director and a mental health counselor? Spiritual direction can play an important role in the spiritual well-being for most people. Yet a spiritual director is not the same thing as a mental health counselor. Whether your spiritual director is ordained, vowed, or even trained does not mean they are qualified to provide mental health counseling. This is important. This is very, very true. You know, this is where I talk to my friends who are priests. And it's funny because we share stories and and we end up, you know, uh, realizing the same thing. I tell my friends, gosh, you know, you get all the people in in the confessional who need mental health help or therapy. And I get a lot of people coming to me and giving me confessions and they tell me all their deepest secrets. And I think, well, I'm not a priest, so there's not much I can do about that. But it's interesting because sometimes we need to ask ourselves, what kind of help am I looking for? Let's look at what the article says. It says priests are not taught how to distinguish between everyday sorrow and clinical depression. This is true. The religious sister who taught you catechism can't treat you for substance abuse. This is true. And your friend who got a license in providing spiritual direction is not licensed to prescribe you anxiety-reducing medication. These are really, really good points because when we go to seek help, we got to ask ourselves, what am I looking for? I get a lot of people coming to me during therapy and they say, you know, I want to come here. I I, I want therapy. I want help. But boy, I don't want to take any medication. And literally, I've asked them, and I said, "Well, then, why'd you come to a doctor? Because that's what I do. I was trying to prescribe medication to treat with medication, and that's that's what we do. But a lot of people don't want to take medication. They don't. Um, they they want kind of a, a help in a different way. They want to feel better, but they're not exactly sure how to get better. That's where the conversation gets interesting, because then we got to ask ourselves, you know, is this a mental health issue where?" I'm diagnosed with something and I do need medication. I do need to take something and that's okay. You know, a lot of times we don't want to, but that's okay. If you go to a doctor more than likely, we're going to tell you, well, that's what I do. You know, we have a joke in in the medical world. We say, if you want surgery, go ask the opinion of a surgeon. That's what they do. That's what they're trained to do. They're trained to do surgery. It's kind of like saying, well, I'm going to go take my car to the mechanic, but he specializes in carburetors. Well, I might have a flat tire, but he's going to say, I can help you with your carburetor, and we can do that, but I'm not specialized in in flat tires. So this is something to consider when you're going to somebody. If I feel like I need more spiritual direction, more spiritual help, or I feel like my issues are more of a spiritual nature, gosh, I'm not in good with God or things like that, then I better go talk to a priest, a spiritual counselor, or something along those lines. The article says, this is not to say that spiritual directors are not valuable, far from it. Finding a trained spiritual director and having a spiritual guidance are instrumental in faith life. A spiritual director can provide assistance when discerning God's movements in one's life, or they can offer feedback and guidance when prayer and faith seem empty and desolate. But just as one would go into a spiritual director for spiritual guidance, you should go to a counselor for a mental illness. And this is important. This is where it comes down to what am I getting out of this? What am I hoping to get out of this? Sometimes we can easily fall into the trap of, well, I like going to see my therapist because it feels good to talk to them, and that's good. But the question is, am I just talking to them like I would a friend? You know, a lot of times, sometimes we get people who just come on a regular basis because it's something to do, and not necessarily because they need mental health issues or because they're suffering from mental health issues. It's more, gosh, I needed a friend, and and this is who who was there. Um, you've got to ask ourselves, am I meeting the goals? My goal is my goal just to feel better or to really address issues. I think a lot of times we can feel good just talking to people, you know, sitting down having a nice cup of coffee with a friend is going to feel good. But at the same time, am I accomplishing what I need to accomplish? If I'm sitting down talking to a friend all day long, having a nice cup of coffee, but I didn't take care of business for the day, that's going to be an issue. So it's kind of something when it kind of ask ourselves, am I trying to get spiritual direction from my therapist? Well, It's nice to talk about spiritual things with my therapist, but did I accomplish what I needed to accomplish? Maybe a priest would have been better to talk to about that and vice versa. Gosh, I went to go talk to the priest and I told him about how I was feeling depressed or anxious or something. Well, that's great. I felt better because I kind of unloaded on him, but is he gonna be able to give me the help I need? And those are the questions we gotta ask ourselves. The next question is great. How do I know when I need a counselor and not just a spiritual director? Again, we talked about that. Am I not functioning well? Am I not keeping up with my relationships with my friends? Are things not going well in my life? Um, those are the the big things to think about and consider, because, you know, it, it's it's important to say how am I functioning? And it's okay to listen to people too. You know, if if somebody tells you, you know, you're kind of been off lately, or things along those lines, it's good to listen to. It could be them just thinking maybe they're off and and they're projecting. But at the same time, it's good to take that pause. The article says frequently people ask this question and the easiest answer I can give is, when, <laughs> when what is coming up in spiritual direction is more than just concerns about your spiritual life. That's a great point, right? So when I'm talking to a, a priest about spirituality or you know whoever my spiritual director is, am I focused on the spiritual part? Am I talking about God? Am I talking about Christ? Am I talking about things of that nature? Or do I realize that I'm talking more about mood, feelings, emotions? Then we got to ask uh, ourselves, am I getting the help I need? There is no easy answer for when someone may need a professional counselor, but I feel the same applies for when someone goes to their doctor. When you start feeling achy and congested, you don't immediately run to the emergency room, but discern if it is something that will pass on its own or if medical help is needed. So it's kind of like when people come and they want to, Get help or something, I always tell them, I, I get a lot of people say, well, doc, you know, you're here, you're taking care of uh, my depression or my anxiety. Can you prescribe me pain medication as well? I say, no, why would I prescribe you pain medication, right? It's something along the lines of if, if you are in pain, do you automatically think, well, I need mental health help or a counselor to give me pain medication? It might be convenient, but it's not it, it wouldn't be appropriate at that time, not only because it's not my expertise, but because that's not it's not going to resolve your issues. Um, you know, I could give somebody a pain medication, but I'm not going to continue to treat them or make sure that their pain goes away. So these are things to consider. Again, when it comes to asking ourselves, uh, what's the difference between a spiritual counselor and a mental health uh, professional? It, it, we got the article goes on to say the same applies to mental health. If you notice yourself feeling out of sync with how you normally function or feel, you just can't shake something off, uh, go see a counselor. Just like your doctor may tell you it's only a virus and it will work itself out. So to a counselor uh, may say, as far as your mental illness is concerned that it might w- work itself out soon. And it's true. You know, it's nice to get that immediate relief, that immediate answer, but we need to ask ourselves, is this something that it might work? Take a little bit of time. You know, a lot of times that's the other thing. A lot of times people will come to me and say, doc, I want a pill to make it better now. I don't want to feel sad. I don't want to feel anxious. And I sometimes I tell them it's just a human emotion. It's just a natural human thing. Your loved one just passed away. Well, guess what? I can't make that feel better in two seconds. Our natural human emotion is that we're going to grieve. We're not going to feel good for a little while. And that's okay. The the body, the mind actually need to go through that it's part of the process where I'm not going to be able to process it, as we say, right? It's part of the process. The same holds true in, spiritual, in the spiritual life. I think a lot of times um, we got to ask ourselves, am I spiritually just kind of dry or am I really in a bad place? Because in the spiritual world, we kind of have to go through things as well. We have to go through sometimes not feeling good. We have to go through our different spiritual struggles. We have to go through uh, a period of time where we might not feel spiritually well, but the soul is processing something uh, and we might come out stronger on the other side without even realizing it. So those are things to consider. Who am I gonna go see? Well, let's take a really good look at what am I struggling with. Well, the next point here in the article is really important. But what if I start relying on medication more than I rely on my faith in God? That's a really good question. This has come up a few times. Even family members have asked me, um, you know, they say, you know, my kid was uh, prescribed medication or I was told that I'd do better if I took some kind of medication uh, for either my anxiety, my depression, uh, or just not feeling good or things along those lines. Um, And the question comes up with, well, if I have faith in God, then I wouldn't need medication. Shouldn't I just have enough faith in God that he's going to take care of me without taking medication? That's not necessarily the case. That would be like saying, well, here's something to consider. Let's take a step back and, and ask ourselves this. If somebody tells you that you have diabetes, would you say, no, you know what? I'm not going to take any medication to control my sugars because I'm going to have faith in God. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask God and I'm going to say, God, you're going to help me control my sugars and I'm going to eat what I want. And I'm going to keep whatever lifestyle I want, but I'm going to have faith in you that My sugars are going to be okay. Well, most people would say, that's kind of silly. You know, you've been diagnosed with diabetes. I'm sure they can monitor your sugars and we can look at that. And and you can realize that the medication is going to make it better. Taking medication is obviously going to make it better. It's going to help control your sugars. And there's no way it would be silly to just pray it away. It's the same thing when it comes to mental illness, right? A lot of times they might say, well, there's no lab to tell me what level of anxiety I have right. But we need to make a decision. We need to say, do I trust my psychiatrist? Do I trust my psychologist that they study, that they see the symptoms I'm going through, that they see the pattern of what's happening in my life. And based on what they study, they know that this medication can help. You know, Usually nine times out of 10, if I prescribe somebody a medication or we start going down the route of medication, they usually start feeling better. When the person starts to feel bad it is mostly because they've been taking the medication, they start to feel better. And one of two things happens. Either their family, a loved one, somebody tells them, gosh, you shouldn't be on that. That's not good for you. Or they decide, I'm already feeling better. I don't need this anymore. Either way, if they stop the medication, usually they'll come back and say, I think I was doing better when I was on it and now I'm not feeling so good. I bring this up because sometimes you need to take the medication for a distinct period of time um, for you to feel better. And sometimes you need to stay on it and that's okay. It doesn't mean it's anything bad. You might need to stay on it chronically, depending on your symptoms. We're going to look at how does that apply to the spiritual life? Because a lot of times I think in our spiritual life, we want a quick fix, one quick prayer, one quick act of blessing ourselves. And we want our spiritual lives to be all taken care of. And that might not be the case. We might need just a little bit more. More after the break. But what if I start relying on the medication more than I rely on my faith in God? That's our question that we're on, folks. But what if I start relying on the medication more than I rely on my faith in God um, to help my mental health? It's an important question because what I would ask is, well, define how you're relying on your faith in God. You know, are we relying on our faith in God truly? Are Are we doing a good job of that? Or... Um, are we looking for quick fixes right with the medication what does it mean to rely on the medication you know we got to ask ourselves what that means as well so a few things to unravel with this because this is important let me read the article first or what it says in the article and then we can talk about this it says i have met many faithful people who worry about balancing their faith and trusting god with their use of medication that's pretty fair Worry and scrupulosity can arise when a counselor believes medication may be the best treatment because how am I leaning on God for support when I am taking a pill to reduce my anxiety? Right away, I point out that someone is leaning on God when they take the help that they are being offered. It is safe to assume your counselor has properly received the necessary training and they will know if medication is the best solution. Well, this is important to consider because again, i think this is where we conflate and sometimes we expect a lot out of mental health treatment and we might not even be fair about being realistic about what mental health treatment really is um, when it comes to our faith because i think we mix it up it's a very vulnerable position to be in to go talk to a counselor or psychiatrist we talk about our feelings our emotions Um, but the reality is what we should be talking about is am i having a mental health issue What's the difference? Well, here's the difference. Think about it as a medical condition. That's the most important thing because the way I read this is it would be for me, it would be the same for me to say, but what if I start relying on medication for my high blood pressure more than I rely on my faith in God? And we talked about that a little bit before. What if I start relying on my medication for my cancer treatment more than I rely on my faith in God? Or what if I start Relying on my medication for my thyroid uh, condition more than I rely on my faith in God. We really gotta ask ourselves, what does it mean to rely on something? So, there's different levels. Some people will say, you know, I'm relying on my medication. That means I'm addicted. And there's a big difference between addiction and dependence. Are we dependent on medication? Yes, absolutely. We all have a medication dependence. How do I know that? Because if I tell anybody, hey, you know what, I have a headache right now, they're gonna say, oh, here, well, I got some aspirin or I've got some. Uh, tylenol or something for your headache so what you're right, really trying to tell me by that is that i am depending on these pills to make my headache go away you, you're not telling me well you should really have more faith in god and, and get rid of that headache no you're recognizing that the headache is real you're recognizing that um it can cause pain you're recognizing that due to our physiology and changes in our bodies uh pain is possible And you're also recognizing that with the use of a medication, which we can buy over the counter, we can find some relief. So that's pretty good. I don't hear anybody saying, well, you're getting headaches because you're not relying on God. Is it possible to get headaches from uh, not relying on God? Sure, if I'm stressed out or if I'm doing things that I know are not right, or if I'm going against my conscience, I might end up with stress and headaches and things of that nature, which I need to change my actions to get rid of. But as a whole, let's say that you've been working a long day and you have a tension headache or, you know, a stress headache. It's very easy to say, well, why don't you take a, you know, take a pill. Nobody shuns that. I don't know anybody who who's ever said, I need to rely on my faith in God in order to get rid of this headache. I'm sure that's possible. I'm sure people do think that way. But I think it's the same thing when it comes to mental health. We got to we got to distinguish between I'm having a bad day and I'm really having a mental health crisis. I might not be functioning well, uh, or it doesn't even have to be a crisis. It might just be, I've been feeling really depressed for the last month. I don't feel like myself, can't get things done. My relationships are kind of falling apart. Um, I haven't talked to anybody, I'm really recluse, and I'm worried I'm gonna get fired from, from work or something. Then we gotta ask ourselves, why? Are the chemistries in our brain off? Is something not working for us? do I need medication? Do I need to rely on medication to help me? But am I betraying God? It's an interesting thing because it seems like we're treating our person, but we got to remember we're really treating our brain, right? If all of a sudden your liver is off and you need medication, you're going to take that. If you're, there's a problem with your heart, your heartbeat, and or your high blood pressure, you know, you're going to take medication for that part of your body. Well, when the chemistry is in our brains are off, that's what we're going to end up with clinical anxiety clinical depression and that's why medication comes into play i need to help i need to help out my brain on this one not just rely on my faith in god i have to rely on the on my faith that god gave me medication that's going to help this out right so it's a good question to ask because i would hate for us to move down the path of scrupulosity and we're going to talk about that in a second so let's see what the article has to say next Uh, Still on the same question on, am I relying on medication or am I relying on God? Learning that you may have to take medication every day for the rest of your life can be daunting, especially if you are hesitant to use medication normally, and that is okay. Tell your counselor about your nervousness, and if it helps, feel free to consult your doctor or another mental health professional for their advice. God wants you to be happy and to live a fulfilling life. Sometimes that may mean balancing the use of medication, maybe only for a few months, Maybe for a year, but trust that God is working in you and through your counselor. And that's what kind of what it comes down to. You know, if somebody were to tell you you have an infection, you need to take medication for a couple of weeks, we would do it. Uh, If you need to take this for a month, you would do it. But you would also look at the progression of the infection. Is the medication working? Is it taking care of what it needs to take care of? I tell a lot of people, don't be afraid if your psychiatrist or your primary care doctor tell you, yeah, you might want to be on medication for anxiety or depression, but you might need to be on it sometimes for the rest of your life. At that point, what I tell people is think about it as a vitamin. You know, the proof is in the pudding. While you're taking it, are your symptoms better? Do you feel better? Are your symptoms resolved? Are your relationships better? Are you doing better at work? And the real question is, are you getting side effects from this medication? Is it is it helping you out without bringing you down in different ways? Because sometimes it'll help in some ways and hurt in others. So those are important things to consider. But we got to remember, I'm not going to prescribe you a medication just to prescribe medication. I've had this happen before, too, where, you know, people were having, what was it? It was a very nice lady. She was in her 40s. She called me up and she said, Dr. Sandoval, I have a question. Uh, I've got a, a child who has developmental disorder and they're not doing well. You know, they're they're physically aggressive and they yell. And obviously, since their brain didn't develop intellectually well, we can't have a conversation. Um, in the old days, we would call it mental retardation. Now we call them developmental disorders or things along those lines. So one of the things is, I and they, they said, well, I went to the doctor and their behavior is really off. And they told me that they wanted to give them medication. In fact, they wanted to use antipsychotics. But I'm totally against medication. I told him no antidepressants, no antipsychotics, nothing. What do you advise? And I said, well, with all due respect, and I thank you for bringing this up. And it's a very difficult situation. It it is a challenge. What is the best for my loved one? Uh, How can I help them out the best? I told him, well, I recommend medication. And in fact, if you were to come to my clinic and, and I were to see Aggressive behaviors, especially somebody who might not be there intellectually, might not understand what's going on. They're not responsible for the, responsible for their behaviors. I'd give a antipsychotics. A yeah, it sounds it sounds rough. And you're like, but they're not psychotic. Unfortunately, here's the one thing that we need to do. Unfortunately, we give medications these names that are not necessarily appropriate. Antipsychotics used to be called neuroleptics, which is really a much better term for them. And sometimes what we call antidepressants, we should call uh, SSRIs or selected serotonin reuptake inhibitors or, or serotonin medication for serotonin balance or dopamine balance. We should really uh, ask ourselves or describe the medication by what they do, not just by the symptoms that they treat because we use them for so many different symptoms. But I can tell you, I have, and this, this is what I told the person, I said, I know it sounds bad, it sounds like an antipsychotic, but I can tell you this, I've treated many patients with the same conditions and similar circumstances that you are describing right now of your loved one and your loved one is in pain and they're not doing really well and they don't know how to express themselves and their brain is hurting. How do I know that their brain is hurting? Cause even though due to their de- developmental disability, they're not able to express that to me by their actions, I can see what's going on. It's the same thing when we talk about anxiety, depression, if it's clinical you might not be able to tell me exactly what's going on in your brain you might not be able to tell me where it hurts but by your actions or by the way that you're living out your life i can see what's going on and so i told this this mom i said you know you love your you, you love your child so much that you wanted to get help but i'm i care about your child too then i'm going to give you honest advice and i'm going to tell you medication is a way to go well she was kind of hesitant a little bit surprised and a little bit thrown back but then she kind of realized oh yeah well i'm going to doctors. And so she went back to the doctor who she originally talked to. They started the medication. A couple months later, they give me a call and they say, thank you so much. We were hesitant. We were scared. It was her and her mom who I was talking to. We were scared about uh, taking medication. Uh, We knew that the symptoms were were rough and that the behavior was off, but we were so scared about what was going to happen. Because the other thing I told her is you can try the medication. If it doesn't work, you just stop it. You're right back to where you were right? There's no, no harm in that. Of course, talk to your doctor about how to stop it. Sometimes you don't want to stop it cold turkey, but the reality is they got a lot better. And they said, thank you so much because we wouldn't have considered it otherwise. And you really gave us that confidence to say, gosh, well, if Dr. Sandoval was going to use a medication. Why not? You know, why not try it out? Sometimes we just need to hear it. You know, sometimes we just need to hear it from a friend or from a, another professional to say, okay, yeah, I'll try that out. Um, And it's important to consider that, but listen to the advice. The medication is there for a reason. It can be a little bit scary, but we've got to recognize that the effects can be pretty dramatic. I've seen it where it's life changing. You know, it's life changing in terms of, I was scared to take this medication. And now, uh, because I did decide to take it, my life is so much better. I feel better. I'm able to pray able to go to church i'm not sitting in church judging everybody i'm not sitting in church you know bitter and angry or, or feeling that way i feel much lighter i can get my things done i'm not worried about little things you know like like i was before and so that's pretty important that's uh, that's important to consider let's look at the next question it says what if my, pa- my oh, this is an important question folks this one we want to hear and let's see what the article has to say because this is super important what if my therapist told me to do something that contradicts my religion and faith life. Mm, This is a big one. I think that this is really where a lot of people say, I want to have a Catholic uh, counselor, a Catholic therapist, something along those lines. Well, let's see here. It says, it can be hard to find a professional in any field who shares the same religious beliefs you have. I have known many people who leave a counseling session upset because their counselor told them to do something that contradicts their faith well we're going to look at how this works we're going to look at what this means for us because this is true of whether you're talking to a counselor or whether you're talking to a priest what do they tell me to do something that contradicts my faith more after the break what if my therapist Tells me to do something that contradicts my religion and the faith life. That's where we're at, folks. That's the question right now. It's an important question to ask, but gosh, just before the break, I gotta ask the same question in a different way. And I gotta say, what if my priest tells me to do something that contradicts my religion and my faith life? Is that possible? I've had it happen. We've been, I mean, a lot of times I think um I'm not gonna say that priests are bad. I'm not trying to judge them or anything along those lines. But we got to remember, at the end of the day, when you go to a therapist or a counselor, what they're giving you is professional advice. And you can take it or leave it, depending on uh, how how it resonates with your life, about whether it makes sense or not. The truth is, the same thing is true of your spiritual counselor. A lot of times, unfortunately, I think we give... Uh, we we turn to priests as though they were Christ. And in some moments they are in the middle of the mass when they're consecrating, they are in persona Christi and in the confessional, when they're giving us um, advice and they're, and they're telling us actually when when they're giving us our penance and they're absolving us of our sins. Again, I'm going to listen to that. That's, that's no longer the priest. I've been in confession so many times where the priest is giving me advice and I realize, Oh yeah, that didn't come from him. That was, that was Christ talking to me. Um, because he just said something that he wouldn't have known to say. Uh, it's something I've been wrestling with or something that I've been asking God about. And boy, I just got the answer. You know, that can happen. Now, those are those are very distinct cases. But how many times are we just talking to somebody, uh, whether it be a priest or a counselor, and we're, we're looking for advice, they're not in persona Christi. Uh, and all of a sudden we hear them say something that contradicts our faith. How many times do we see that? Uh, in the news we see a lot of priests uh, who are public figures much more public than even just being the priest of the parish Um, and they get up and they start giving a discourse and they start uh, saying that our faith hasn't caught up with the modern times and uh, our faith hasn't caught up with uh, modern relationships or modern ways of exploring the world Uh, this happens all the time so what if all of a sudden i hear something that contradicts my faith well ultimately What we got to remember is I'm going to answer to Christ. I don't, when I'm at that judgment table, that's, that's really how we got to live our lives. One day I'm going to die. It's just going to happen. And we don't think about it all the time, but one day I will die and I'm going to be faced with two doors. Well, I'm going to be faced with a judgment seat and then maybe two doors behind it. And I'm going to have to, pick one or the other and i'm gonna to have, to, have to ask myself am i worthy of one or the other now of course when i get it we can get into the talk of purgatory and all these good things and that's fine but the reality is the, the ultimate goal is one of two places um and ultimately i'm gonna to have to answer to christ so if i get some advice that i recognize and i realize mm, not gonna open that good door for me not the door i want to be in i have to ask myself why is that why am i feeling this way my conscience is telling me that. That's really what it comes down to. So what if my therapist tells me to do something that contradicts my religion and my faith life? Listen to your conscience. First, form your conscience, you know, but listen to your conscience. Tell yourself, what is it that I'm supposed to be doing? What is it that I know I'm supposed to be doing? What we want to remember is that ultimately, if you're coming to me as a, as a psychiatrist, as a therapist, as your doctor, you're coming to me for my professional advice. Right. I'm not God. I'm not here to tell you what to do. I can give you advice. You can take it or leave it. Happens all the time. Happens all the time for my patient, anybody who is being treated for medical issues. I have lots of patients who come to me and say, you know, I didn't take the diabetes medication that you prescribed me. So, you know, that's it. Are you gonna get mad at me? What are you gonna say? And I say, No, you know, I'm here to give you advice. Whether you take it or not, it's gonna affect you. It doesn't affect me. So I give you advice, hopefully, so that you get better and that you heal but I'm not going to go to your home and make sure that you take your medication. That's up to you. Now, now, you know, you're responsible for that, but you got to ask yourself, is that good advice or bad advice? What if I tell you? Ah, eh, you know what? Once a week, go ahead and eat half a cake. You're going to say, well, Dr. Sandoval, thank you for giving me insulin, but I don't think that I should be eating half a cake once a week. That doesn't sound like good advice. The same thing is true. If you go to your counselor and they tell you something along the lines of gosh, you know, your marriage, it sounds like you, you're going through a tough time, It might be depressed a little bit. You're not getting along with your spouse. Maybe we had an affair. That might help out. It would spice things up a little bit. Or have you considered an open marriage? A lot of people are doing that nowadays. Open marriage just means that you can go and have dates and relationships with other people other than your spouse. Um, Something inside of you might say, well, I can see how that could technically be exciting to meet new people and things along those lines, but I don't think that that goes with my faith base, so thank you, but no, thank you. I'm not going to take your advice on that one. That's just not going to work, right? No different than if a priest tells you, you know, it's okay every now and then to, you know, sin in this way or to, or gosh, you know, I remember, I remember very distinctly, I was talking to a priest one time and they said, you know, if you're coming to, um, when, when people come to confession and they're engaged to be married and they tell me that, they're living together now because they got engaged and and now they are uh they're not celibate anymore they're actually having physical intimacy so it's okay you're engaged at this point i mean come on yeah, that's not the, that's not good advice that's not good spiritual advice that's not the reality of the world the reality or i should say the reality of our faith it's the reality of the world it's not the reality of our faith when it comes to our faith base it really comes down to do i want to follow the catechism or not you know i've had friends who say oh, Dr. Sandoval, I, I I really, um, you know, the the Catholic faith is great. There's always the buts. You know, I read the catechism, but there's this one part I don't agree with. Okay, at what point, this is the question I would ask, at what point or how many tenets of our faith can you disagree with before you decide you're not Catholic? How many? I would say one. Pick anyone that you don't agree with, and at that point, you're no longer Catholic. So if you're getting bad advice, if you're getting advice from somebody who's going against any of the tenets of our faith, don't be too shocked. People might, you know, remember counselors were not perfect. Uh, We're not God. We're not Christ. But don't be too shocked. It's going to happen. A lot of times we're going to bring to the table what's in our hearts, but then that tells you where they're at too. Whether it be a counselor or a priest, it tells you well where they're at with their faith, right? So the article goes on to say, for example, a counselor might suggest to explore other faith traditions or practices if there is a conflict or scrupulosity that can happen they can say well you know in zen buddhism this is what they talk about or you know if you look at the muslim faith they have this philosophy well what does that have i'm going to spiritual counseling to a catholic priest or a catholic spiritual counselor i don't need to hear about other religions in fact technically speaking as catholics i'm not too worried about other religions they can have interesting philosophies and i i can read about them but i gotta ask myself how does that apply to my catholic faith it says or they may encourage you to be more physically intimate and open to help with a mood disorder well what does physical intimacy have to do with the mood disorder if it's about being with my spouse or our our, uh, marriage is off or our relationship is off a little bit sure they can say renew your vows with your spouse have that physical intimacy with your spouse that makes sense right but if they tell you to go outside your marriage or something, nah, you got to think twice. You got to think a million times, actually. Yet these suggestions can cause cognitive dissonance within you, and you are unsure you should follow the counselor's advice. Do not fear. You never have to do anything your counselor asks you to do if you do not want to or it makes you feel uncomfortable. Again, it's just advice. There's not. It's not a, a dogma from a counselor. If your counselor does tell you something that contradicts your faith, do not stop going to therapy. First, talk to a trusted figure in your faith community or bring it up with your spiritual director. Pray about it and see what God may have to say about what your counselor brought up. Give yourself some time to process the conflict and see if a resolution comes to you. Then in the next meeting, tell your therapist how you feel. Share with them that you feel, uh, share with them what you feel and where you saw the contradiction. Do not be afraid to challenge them and ask refining or clarifying questions. If you find there is not a resolution that you like, it's okay to switch to a different counselor. Above all, don't let one counselor or frustrating session of therapy turn you away from counseling forever. As with prayer, one tough prayer period should not discourage us from praying ever again. So, too, should one rough counselor or session not turn us away from seeking any help we may need. This is very true. We can have a bad session and sometimes we say, gosh, that was terrible. And we can just blow it off forever and say, that was that was awful. You know, this happens all the time. How many times do people have a bad interaction with one priest, and they say, "I'm not going to be Catholic anymore because that priest said this." And now this is where we got to remember too, when we're in a position of responsibility, such as a priest or a counselor, we got to remember what we represent. We got to remember that every interaction we have is important, and make sure that it was within the faith confines. Because this is where, if a priest does um, do something against the faith or preach something against the faith, a lot of people say, "Well, gosh, if you don't even take." your craft seriously if you don't take your religion seriously and you're a priest why should i be part of the catholic faith it's no different than a counselor if you don't take your counseling seriously if you don't uh uh, find um that the person is important and not your agenda people are gonna say "Well, why should i keep coming back to counseling right that's that's one of the things to consider too it's okay to tell your therapist no that doesn't resonate with my life And a lot of times as therapists, we might have our own agendas. Remember, we bring our life to the table too. We're human before anything else. And we might have opinions. We might have ideas that I'm going to change the world in a certain way. And I have this philosophy. And based on this philosophy, I'm going to guide all of my counseling sessions. Well, that's not very fair. Because even as Catholics, it's not like God is saying you have only one gift in one way. There's many, one spirit, but many gifts. And if I'm going to be, if I were a a spiritual director, I have to recognize that if I have three different people in spiritual direction, I might have to use three different modalities of spiritual direction or three different types of advice because everybody's individual and different. And that's what I always tell my patients too. in in counseling sessions and therapy sessions, I always tell them, you know, I'm not going to pretend that I know you 100%. We have these sessions for a limited amount of time. Uh, But if I say something to you, or if I give you advice, it just doesn't sound right. Let me know please let me know, because I'm going to let you know what I'm hearing. But if I say, you know, gosh, I think you should do this or consider this, and it doesn't make sense to you or something, let me know, because then I know kind of which path we're heading. I get to know you a little bit better, and I get to know what kind of advice I can tailor to your particular needs. I would say more than anything else, that's probably one of the most important things. A lot of people say, I want to find a Catholic counselor or a Catholic therapist, and that's great. But If you can't, because it's not like every therapist out there is going to be Catholic. um, If you can't, I would advise and say, find a find a counselor or a therapist who is open to your needs, who's not afraid to hear about your faith and your faith uh, and what's important to you based on your faith, uh, whether it be Catholic or whether you know you were born into a Jewish tradition or something. Whatever is important to you, that's what's going to matter. The last question is, how can I find a counselor who will work with me and my faith identity? One, just like I said, ask them. Ask them what they think about religion and about, you know, dealing with your faith in particular. Let them know what your faith base is. But sometimes as Catholics, what we can do is we can go to our parishes. We can look online. We can see, is there a therapist, a counselor, a psychiatrist, a doctor? who can identify as a Catholic or who's not afraid to say that they're Catholic and share their Catholic faith. That's the most important thing. Once you do find one, though, make sure that they're on the same page. Make sure that they're following the tenets of the faith and they they believe all the tenets of the faith. Because if you go in there and you think, oh, they're Catholic, but they give you bad advice, well, that's not going to help much either. I'd rather go to a therapist or a counselor who has no faith base who really cares about me as a person, and who can see me as a child of God anyway, and is going to give me good advice in that respect. So don't forget, folks, when it comes to mental health, it's okay to have mental health issues. It's okay to get treatment for mental health issues. It doesn't mean we don't rely on God. In fact, it might make our faith stronger. Until next week, keep it Catholic.